Scott Mitchell covers the Blue Jays for TSN, and he joins us now to talk about the Roberto Asuna situation and maybe other Blue Jay matters as well. Good morning, Scott. How's it going, Steve? How are you doing? I'm struggling along trying to figure out how to do radio by myself. Other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> how are you doing all right? Don't worry. You're, you're a young guy. You'll, you're, you'll be able to figure it out. All right. Let's sit in Mark Shapiro's office right now. You're in the boardroom. You're at the table. You have the Roberto Asuna file sitting in front of you. They're saying, okay, Scott, give us your view on how we should proceed. What's, what's your answer? Well, I guess it depends how, how focused we are on, on the public relations aspect or how focused we are on, on the baseball side of things. And, um, you know, when this all came down in May, I think a lot of us in the media kind of sat there and, and you know, kind of wondered aloud if Roberto Osuna had thrown his last pitch for the Blue Jays. And, you know, I think the consensus was, was probably... Um, yes, at that point, knowing very little. And, you know, still to this day, we, we know very little about actually what has gone on, what, you know, the, uh, you know, what, what the crown has and what, uh, you know, his lawyer is defending at this point. But, uh, I think if, if it was in, you know, I, if I would have had to guess back then, I would have said that he came back, his, his, uh, his value was rebuilt um, well on the mound for the Blue Jays. And, you know, we head into this winter and he was traded in the winter. Um, you know, I was surprised um, for a couple of reasons. First, I was able to, I was surprised they were able to find a taker um, before everything is settled in court. Um, obviously, the Houston Astros were the one team that were able to, to step out there and decide that, you know, this was a, uh, a risk that they wanted to take on. And, and second of all, you know, I, I really thought that the Blue Jays would want to maximize the value. And, and when you look at this trade, um, could they have gotten more a year ago? Could they have gotten more last winter? Sure. Um, all things considered, uh, I thought they, they did pretty well. And, you know, it, it reeks of a deal that's, you know, my problem for your problem. Ken Giles couldn't get along with A.J. Hinch, the manager there. David Paulino has a has a track record with PEDs and, you know, some, some other things that the organization wasn't happy about. So, um, you know, I'm surprised the way this all went down, but am I surprised that Roberto Asuna isn't a Toronto Blue Jay? No, not at all. So here's what I wondered about. Ross Atkins came out, I thought almost casually, a few weeks ago, and when someone asked what's Roberto Asuna's status when his suspension is up, he said he's our closer. And it struck me at the time that I thought that was a bit flippant on his part, but, but he said it, and when he was asked about it again, he said the same thing. And so what I wonder is, was he being honest in what he was saying at that time? Or did ownership or management above him or someone else decide, you know what, we don't want him here anymore? Well, that's the question. And, you know, I, I know the conversation you're talking about. I was in that scrum that, was, you know, I asked, I asked. Ross, I said, I said, you know, is Roberto Suna going to be back on a mound August 5th for the Toronto Blue Jays? And he said, yeah, why wouldn't he be? Um, and I'm sort of paraphrasing there. But, and yeah, I, I believe, you know, that, that surprised people. And you can look at it two ways. You know, either the Blue Jays and the front office were in, you know, hold Osuna's value mode and, and saying, you know, if, if we say that we're not putting him back on the mound, that we're through with this guy, um, his value plummets even further. Or it could have been a little bit of crowdsourcing. Um, you know, he puts that out there. Obviously, the uh, you know the the immediate reaction and the feedback is, uh, 
you know, right away on Twitter and, and you know, the, the front office and ownership and, you know, all the powers that be within that organization can see, um, you know, how people would react, um, you know, when it was about probably about a month away at that point. So, you know, in, in my mind, I think probably the decision had been made and, and that was a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a hopeful idea, cross your fingers and, and hope to rebuild his value and say, to the rest of, you know, baseball, the 29 other teams, hey, we're going to put this guy back on a mound and, you know, we're not giving him away for free. Because um, I, I think that, you know, once ownership got the details, once the, the front office looked at this case and, you know, with Major League Baseball and were able to, to glean whatever they were able to glean out of it, um, I think they really looked at it and they said, you know, we're done with this guy. And, um, you know, this isn't just an, an isolated incident either. This is... Uh, you know, an organization that looked at, uh, you know, this kid and, you know, this kid with the million dollar arm and kind of looked at his life and, you know, his circumstances and his background and, you know, really didn't like where things were headed. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, people could ever predict we get to this point. Um, but there were signs that, you know, said, uh, you know, Roberto Osuna really needed to step back and, you know, mature a little bit and, uh, you know, get his life together. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the Blue Jays were, uh you know, could see things going that way. And they knew some things behind the scenes that, you know, maybe they said, hey, we want to move on from this guy, um, you know, whenever possible. Obviously, they did it about two, six months too late to, to really, um, you know, from a baseball sense, gain full value for, you know, what, uh, you know, who a guy who is a, a terrific pitcher and, and, you know, could go on to, you know, be one of the best closers in the game if he can, uh, you know, stay healthy and, and stay on track over the next 10 years or so. But, you know, this was just a lot for this organization and where they are in their rebuild right now. It was definitely time to move on. Talking Roberto Asuna and Blue Jays baseball with Jays reporter Scott Mitchell. Scott, when you, when you look at Asuna a year ago, there were things that we saw and we heard about. There were things that should have been alarming to a baseball team and to a front office. Do you think the Jays gave him too much rope or was eventually what happened to him going to happen because of who he was? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's more the latter than the former. I think, you know, giving people rope at this point, I mean, these guys are all, you know, quote-unquote adults. These are guys uh, making millions of dollars a year. These are guys that, you know, for essentially five or six months of the offseason go away and, and do their own thing and live their own lives and you know, live their own lives in, in the place normally where they grew up and around a lot of the people that uh, they grew up with. And, you know, obviously that was something that Roberto did. He went back to Mexico um, in the off season and, and lived his life there. And, and, you know, by all accounts, didn't live it much differently, um, <clears throat> you know, as a uh, as a Major League Baseball player than he did as a, uh, as a teenager growing up. So um, obviously that was uh, something the Blue Jays knew about, something the Blue Jays that um, you know, a few people have said behind the scenes they were a little bit concerned about. So, you know, I, I don't know that as an organization you can do much. I think maybe you can, you know, have a little bit of a of a harder hand when things do go wrong. But, you know, I, I don't think they have, uh, you know, that kind of right with, within a guy's life to say, you know, what what you can and what you can't do in the off season, And, you know, I don't know how you can possibly stop this. I mean, you can, you can sit a guy, get down, you can talk to him, you can have your... Um, you know your high performance team, your your mental um, your mental side of, of of the guys you bring in to talk to these guys. You can you can kind of try to I guess head that off at the pass, but 
um, you know, things go where they're going to go and people are going to do what they want to do and, and people are going to, you know, spend time with, uh, you know, the, the people that uh, were, were around them growing up. And I think that's what Roberto did. And, you know, there was real no way for the organization to, to really stop that. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, he needed to, to learn some sort of lesson. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's where we are at this point in, in his life. Here's what strikes me. He's 23. I think we forget that sometimes. He's 23. Most players who are drafted and developed are getting to the majors at around 23. He's in his fourth year. He might be of the last 10 to 15 years the most, uh, the highest end player that the Blue Jays have actually developed in-house. Like, he, he, he is the surest thing they have developed in-house for an organization that frankly hasn't developed a whole lot of players in-house. And... What you've seen here is an absolute broad diversity of opinion. You get a, a, a very well-known baseball writer like Jeff Passan eviscerating the Houston Astros for making this deal. And you've got you know, a veteran columnist like Rosie DeMano who said Asuna deserved another chance in Toronto and that zero tolerance is a dumb idea. Uh, where do you fit on that scale? Well, I mean, when you look at, uh, when you touch on the fact that, you know, this is a guy who arrived way before most players do. And, you know, that's a, that's a common theme in, in Roberto's life. Unfortunately, um, you know, a, a lot of things have been piled on him at a very young age, um, you know, in, in Mexico, in life as a, as a youngster and, you know, arriving, you know, in the major leagues at, at such a young age and, you know, in such a, a pressure packed position as well. And, Obviously, uh, last year he had his, um, you know, well-publicized bout with anxiety that, that forced him out of the ninth inning in one game in, in Kansas City and, you know, had him on the, on the sidelines for a couple of days to kind of regroup. And, um, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, you know, everything that, that he's gone through in life, I mean, the, I guess the tendency is, is to say that this guy does deserve another chance. But, you know, we're at a, at a point in, uh, in life and society where, you know, these types of things don't go, um, you can't brush these under the carpet anymore and, and nor should you. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, an unfortunate timing to, for him and, and for everything because I, I really just don't think you can give guys like this chances anymore because, you know, everyone is so acutely aware of, of how, how wrong these things are and how, how, um, uh, I guess behind the scenes they've been for, for most of my life and, and, and they shouldn't be. And I, I think when you look at the situation, um, it's, it all, it all goes back to, to an organization and an employer's appetite for, for this type of thing and, and, and for second chances. And obviously the Houston Astros, um, previously had a zero tolerance policy in place and, and, you know, zero tolerance just isn't, uh, you know, isn't a thing anymore. And when you look at the risk that they took, this is all about winning a ring. It's all about winning another World Series. And it's all about shoring up one of the few weaknesses they had on their roster. And when you're sitting in the position of the Blue Jays, um, you really can't take a, you really can't take time and, and give this guy a second chance because your team is, you know, not playing well on the field. You're a team that, you know, as a front office, you're still trying to, to win over this fan base and people just aren't going to stand for watching a losing team with, uh, you know, a player in, in, you know, this type of trouble standing out there on the mound. I mean, it's just a really, really tough position for a fan to, to cheer for. And I think ownership, 
realized that and then said, you know, this is this is not a problem we want. Let's uh, let's, you know, keep this on somebody else. And, you know, the only time you can take these chances and give guys a second chance is if you're a team like the Houston Astros, if you're a team like the New England Patriots, who has that winning goodwill built up in order to kind of slide this one past uh, your fan base. Scotty, thanks for this. Enjoy the Red Sox series. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Cy. Take care, man. That's Scott Mitchell, TSN's baseball reporter.